I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. If you're vaccinated, think back to the time you got those first pokes in your arms. There was so much relief. People posted selfies to celebrate, and they dared to venture out into the pandemic world more boldly. But then there were breakthrough infections, new surges, booster shots, and still more breakthrough infections. This summer's surge was rough, thanks to the BA5 strain of the Omicron variant. Maybe that surge made you wonder, what does it even mean to continue getting boosters? What protections do they really offer? Federal officials have authorized redesigned booster shots that will address the Omicron subvariants that are circulating right now. However you may feel about them, these new shots are kind of a pandemic milestone. It's the first time that mRNA vaccines have been tweaked to match a variant in as close to real time as possible. That means the latest round of boosters is a real test for the pandemic. Are we finally becoming nimble enough to address a virus that continues to evolve? There's also another challenge. Do they even matter when so many people are not only fatigued by vaccines, but also by the pandemic itself? Chronicle Health reporter Catherine Ho is here to discuss what's different about these boosters and how you should make that booster calculus for yourself. She'll help you understand, should you get the latest round of pokes? And if so, when? Catherine, thanks for being here. Good to be here. So, Catherine, how do the latest Omicron boosters differ from previous booster shots? What's new about the design of this formula? So this new shot is different in that it covers both the original Wuhan ancestral strain of the virus, which is what the vaccines that we're most familiar with do. And the new ones also cover the Omicron subvariant uh, BA4 or 5. So it's kind of like a two-parter vaccine. And so now who's eligible for these new boosters? What's the formal recommendation? Yeah, so basically anyone 12 and older who's been vaccinated already can get boosted. You can get Moderna or Pfizer. For Moderna, it's 18 and older. For Pfizer, it's 12 and older. So people 65 and older are really encouraged to get this. A lot of people in that group have not gotten their first or second booster yet. So it is particularly important for those people to get this booster. And there's some overlap in that group with another group, um, which is anyone who lives at, you know, say a nursing home or another long-term care um, facility where, you know, residents tend to be older, a little more medically vulnerable, and they also can have kind of the worst outcomes if they do get it. And immunocompromised people as well of any age are also encouraged to get this new shot. There's been a lot of discussions about figuring out the right timing to get these latest shots. And I want to use myself as an example here, if you don't mind. I had COVID at the end of May this year. That means it's been a little more than three months since the infection. Should I get the new booster or is there a benefit to waiting? Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of people, I think, are wondering the same thing because so many people got COVID between last spring and, and over the summer. So, I mean, the official guidance is if you had COVID, you can wait three months and you can get this new booster. So it sounds like you are right around that point. I think the benefit to waiting is that we are in a lull period right now. And if you are planning on traveling for the holidays, which are coming up in a couple months, you might want to think about getting it um, maybe a few weeks before Thanksgiving. You have hybrid immunity now, which is good. Uh, You have vaccination and an infection. So you're 
probably pretty well protected for probably more than three months. I don't like we don't know exactly for sure, but it may even be, you know, six months. But in reporting the story, um, some infectious disease expert that seems to be kind of the sweet spot um, that they've landed on is the three ish months to six ish months. <laughs> um, mm. It's all it's all a little bit uh you know, we don't know for sure. Uh, but I think that's a best kind of estimate right now based on what we know about the vaccine and waiting. It's a little bit of <laughs> some science and some art right now, I think. Mm. So it sounds like the calculus really sort of also depends on what the activities you plan to do are. That's right. It's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. If you know you're going to be in a really big crowded event with, you know, thousands of people indoors, and you really, really don't want to get COVID, you might want to consider getting it before then. If you're okay with maybe getting COVID from that, you know, maybe wait a couple more months. (laughs) So we know that public trust in COVID vaccines continues to be a concern. How effective and safe are these latest shots? There were some CDC advisory panel members who raised questions about the lack of data on the new boosters. What do we know? Yeah, so the new boosters, similar to our annual flu shots, this specific Omicron booster was not tested in large human clinical trials yet. Those trials have not been completed. They are ongoing now. And the reason is mostly time. By the time those trials get finished, we could be on to another variant. The vaccines are widely believed by vast majority of medical experts to be safe. Mm -hmm. The original vaccine for the ancestral strain has now been used in, I don't know, I think there are hundreds of millions of doses have been used and a very small number of safety issues. So, I think the uh, the bigger question is the effectiveness question. They are effective. We're not exactly sure how much more effective they are compared to if you got a shot of the original vaccine as a mm-hmm. booster. You know, it makes mm. sense that because it's matched to our current circulating strains that they would work better. But the data on that is still kind of emerging. So then why did the CDC ultimately endorse the reformulated vaccines? Was it just about addressing the Omicron variant sooner than later? Yeah, I think that is a big part of it. You know, the past two winters, we've seen really big surges. And we have kind of an opportunity now with this new, better matched booster to try to lessen that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think we're also moving into this stage where, you know, the annual flu vaccine is every fall, right? It's like September, October, November. The feeling is, you know, this could be the start of an annual flu and COVID type of vaccination. You know, like people are encouraged to kind of get those around the same time or or even together at the same time if they can. So I think part of it is preparing the public's attitude kind of, you know, in a way for mm-hmm. how this may play out in the future. Mm-hmm. A lot of Americans have not even been boosted once. And so, you know, getting boosted ahead of a possible, maybe likely fall-winter surge just seems like, a, you know, logical. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Part of the challenge here is just the attitudes about boosters and vaccines. You've mentioned sort of a low uptake. 
you know, there's just fatigue over what boosters do and what vaccines actually do. Are health experts just anticipating a low uptake of this new booster shot? Yes, this is now the third booster for those 50 and older. And with each round of boosters, uptake is lower and lower. And I would be really surprised if uptake was higher, you know, this time around. If you've already been boosted a couple of times, you're generally protected. You know, it, it does wane over time, but you're probably in pretty decent shape, especially if you are not elderly or not medically frail. Um, and, you know, I think people's attitudes over how how much of an emergency situation this is, how dire the pandemic is, is just a lot more relaxed now. And it, I think, is getting more and more relaxed over time. And new variants seem to always emerge. Do we know how long this booster will provide protection for, or do we expect Omicron subvariants to just be around for a bit? Those are both great questions, and I think we don't really know the answer to either of them. On how long protection lasts, I think we're kind of learning as we go, because there haven't been those large clinical trials completed yet. Depending on your own immune system and kind of your age, you know, it tends to fade faster if you're 65 and older. That's why that age group has gotten, you know, a couple of boosters already, you know, protecting against severe disease and death, you're probably, most people are pretty well protected from that if they've already been fully vaccinated and boosted at least once. So I, I think some of this will just, is a bit of a wait and see. Mm -hmm. And on your other question of whether Omicron subvariants are going to be around a long time or much longer, I think that's also, <laughs> unfortunately, it's a question mark. <laughs> you know, Omicron and Omicron subvariants have been around longer compared to the our previous variants. So they've been around now for nine months, which is longer than, you know, Delta or Alpha or previous variants have been around. Mm -hmm. Will this just be sort of the vaccine strategy for a while now, responding to variants and creating new boosters? Or could we be trying another strategy? Are people thinking about that? Probably a more long-lasting vaccine strategy would be, you know, developing a pan-coronavirus vaccine that would be where you wouldn't have to worry about dealing with a new variant every few months. I think that's still always a way. A lot of academic researchers and labs are working on that. Another, I think, more long-lasting strategy would be nasal spray vaccines because those provide mucosal immunity. So those in theory, would be better at preventing what we used to call breakthrough infections. I think now we just call infections because that, mm -hmm. that has kind of fallen by the wayside. China just approved their first nasal vaccine. And there are some researchers in the U.S. also working on some versions here that may be a little bit more realistic in their near future compared to a pan-coronavirus vaccine, just because there are some versions coming out in other parts of the world. In order for things like that to become reality, at least in the U.S., it has to get some real like backing, the type of backing that, you know, Operation Warp Speed got with the mRNA vaccines. Mm -hmm. Those developments would be great in terms of like leading to more durable vaccines. 
So the federal government is running out of funds for COVID-19. They've already stopped sending rapid test kits, for example. Should that be a factor in deciding to get the shots that vaccines may at some point soon no longer be free? Yeah, I think the funding point is is an interesting one. You know, I, I don't know if this will be the last round of free shots. You know, I think the people that are going to be most affected by this are people who don't have a regular provider who can't, you know, go to Kaiser and get their shot there. You know, it'll be folks who are uninsured who don't have a regular doctor. I mean, I think that is a congressional action probably needs to happen in order for some of that funding to continue. I think where it might also be affected is a lot of outreach. You know, there was like Mm -hmm. a ton of outreach at the height of, you know, the vaccine campaign and in the early rollout where folks were being sent to lower income communities, which have historically had access issues, including to COVID vaccines. So there was a lot of, you know, door knocking, canvassing, things like that, including here in the Bay Area in lower income neighborhoods. And I I don't know what the future of that will look like. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be a question mark as well. So a lot of factors here to make the decision on whether or not to get booster shots if people decide to get the shots. What's the best way to get them? CVS, Walgreens, I think all the kind of normal places people have been getting their shots for a while now, any retail pharmacy or your regular doctor's office. And in some places, there will be county you know, public health department run vaccine clinics as well. You know, they aren't the big mass operations that they were in the beginning, but they are still around. And a lot of them are now giving out this new booster. Catherine Ho, very helpful information. Thank you so much. Thank you. Catherine Ho covers health for The Chronicle. Find her Omicron booster coverage at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thank you to King Kaufman for editing this episode and to you for listening.